hilarious. No, this is literally like the second time we started this podcast to Peter the Conqueror <laughs> busted in and disconnected my Bluetooth headphones from the first part of the podcast, which is a perfect start to this podcast. We were bantering on and everything went insane. The dog went crazy. The headphones stopped working. Computo attacked us. And that makes sense because we're going to learn all about some computer tyrants. Remember the computer tyrants of Kolu, everyone? Yes. Yeah. The last time we talked about Keith Kiffin, remember L dot L period, E period, G period, I period, O period, N period, 89? 89! Yeah, it was fun, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we talked about that, like, a way back. Like, remember before all this stupid Captain America stuff happened? Back yes. in episode 321 and 320, when we had a big critique of drugs, and then, well, then Keith Giffen got obnoxious and didn't want to go to New York City Comic Con and went and died on us. Yeah, well, you know, he actually had his family post that in his social media. So that people would be like, oh, he is not going to be here. <laughs> Well, no, like literally, he just said I would I told them I'd do anything to get out of going to the stupid New York City Comic Con or something to that effect, even die. That's what he had his family post after he died, like making us laugh to the very end and and beyond. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, if uh, if he if he did anything, it was definitely that. (laughs) And so, well, there you go. So. We're we're doing one more Keith Giffen comic, and this one is by the dynamic, long-running nope. Legion of Superheroes team of Keith Giffen and Paul Levitz. And but this is not a Legion of Superheroes story. So I told Greg this weekend I could get him a bunch of Legion of Superheroes stories to read, mm-hmm. which would make him like the Legion of Superheroes. And uh, this one is not one of them that I would put in the pile. I after reading it, I understand why. I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it might be one that it might be one that you would just enjoy reading over and over again. I I, I enjoyed reading it. I needed it after my my day. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> I think the best part about this comic book right here is if your company that you work for or your own organization that you run and you think it's run inefficiently or badly, you just have to read this comic to know that it can be worse. Yeah, this issue definitely um, makes you go, oh, things are things can definitely be worse for a, even if you're a a superhuman <laughs> or have powers of some sort, some sort of power set where things are supposed to be great and uh, they can always be worse. <laughs> this book definitely yeah. nails it. Nails it. Well, it. It does. It does nail it. And we've got some freaking amazing characters to bring to you that and. And let me tell you, all these characters went on to great things. Well, one, <laughs> two, maybe two. We'll go for two. But they all two did, of, Dan. They two all of did. these characters went on to great things. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of cannon fodder later, but, you know, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. But Keith Giffen did like to kill superheroes, so. Yes. I don't know that I'll go through the ending of every hero, because there are a few more appearances of, of a lot of these characters than uh, there were for the in for the. Injustice League. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, cause, like most of them got killed off in a single issue. And then some of them got bra- brought back. So, of course, you could go through their histories. But, well, here we go. I mean, we have the Legion of Substitute Heroes special number one. Ah. And we've got somebody holding 
uh, photograph, which is funny. They must be holding like a phone or something, right? This is the 30th century. It, I don't know. It, it's yeah, it's a it's an interesting way that they've taken a picture of this picture with a fingerprint going the up. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting. Yeah, and, and look, they're standing in front of Fortress Lad. Remember Fortress Lad? Yeah, yeah, Fortress Lad. I saw that and I was like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, that's <laughs> the uh, the original Legion of Superheroes headquarters and defends and everything. Yeah. And we've got uh, Fire Lad, Infectious Lass, Porcupine Pete, Chlorophyll Kid, Stone Boy, Polar Boy, and Color Kid. And down it below, who you'll never actually see, that's Urk. That's all we really know about this guy. He just shows <laughs> up and says Urk, Urk in the background. Like, U-R-K. U-R-K. Urk. And he did that in a lot of Legion stories, like in the Legion Academy. So we're <laughs> not... Re- I don't really know what Urk does, honestly. Urk's always been a mystery to me. I let the other fanboys and fangirls... Figure out what Urk does. And non-aligned fan people figure out what Urk does. There you go. And it seems reasonable. And we've got a memorandum on the front of this book. So remember, there was a memorandum on our last episode from Maxwell Lord saying never mind to the Justice League Antarctica. <laughs> right. Here we have a, a real <laughs> memorandum from, uh, from Dick Giordano, uh, famously of uh, comics in the 60s, right? Like, mm-hmm. And then he came over to D.C., but he he helped like edit like Blue Beetle and Captain Adam and all those characters and then he came over to D.C. and now he's sending a memo and he says, April 1st, 1985, Legion of Substitute Heroes special memorandum. You really expect us to get people to pay for this? <laughs> I mean, I, you have to appreciate the honesty up front. Yeah. And this is coming off an appearance uh, by the Legion of Substitute Heroes in an issue of DC Comics Presents. Uh, DC Comics Presents number 59. And Superman was trying to fly to the 40th century for some reason, not the 30th century. And Ambush Bug hopped on Superman's back to go for a ride so he could explore the time stream. And Superman had a mission to complete, so he tried to drop Ambush Bug <laughs> off to hang out to be held by the Legion of Superheroes. But they were out on a mission. Uh-huh. So he had to drop them off with the Legion of Substitute Heroes. And um, Ambush Bug stole Superman's cape and tried to do all sorts of things and it didn't really go well for these guys so after the popularity of that appearance they got their own special so it's just true what they said in the justice league antarctica annual right like they're like oh if this is popular we'll give you the special and the series and and all sorts of things all the stuff and, and, and it's ironic because in the legion of substitute heroes first appearance in adventure comics 306 they also had to save the world while the Legion of Superheroes were out on a mission. Uh, Maybe the Legion of Superheroes shouldn't go out on missions. Often. No, they, they shouldn't. They shouldn't, like, everybody take off. They should leave a couple behind. Yeah. Well, we should probably dig into this book. Yeah. Um, are you excited, though? Look who the cover inker is. You see that signature down at the bottom there? Uh, Giffen slash um, Carl Kiesel. Oh, OK. Yeah. Like, you know that guy. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so early work, early DC work there for Mr. Kiesel. Yeah. 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 Who's now doing a Kickstarter book on a regular basis called Impossible Jones, which is a lot of fun. If it you is. haven't read it. I don't know if you've read it. It's right I, up your alley. I have I think, them, but I don't I think I have. Them. I think I have a, a, a book. There you go. Well, now we get into something we were talking about, the 
in the front cover. Thanks to Amazing Heroes, best books of 1984. And I was making oh, yeah. you guess these. Yeah, yeah. You made me guess them in the last issue, the last episode. Not the last episode. The episode, episode before that. The episode before this, yes. The episode yes. that exists now, but doesn't exist now in time because we would have to go back in time. But as we recorded, it exists. But you don't know that we know that you know that you it know. exists. It exists. <laughs> And we get into the Legion of Substitute Heroes. And so we get a protein. So um, I don't know. I think it must have been uh, Edmund Hamilton, but I'd have to go back. This is one piece of research I don't have looked up for the podcast. Uh, but there was Prote 1 and Prote 2. Those were proteins. They were Chameleon Boy's pets. You see, they were members of the Legion of Pets. But mm-hmm. then later on, the Proteans were a sentient race that could transform into things. And they got really mad and like sued the United Planets for <laughs> sentience <laughs> because <laughs> it seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. And and Prote, Makes too, sense. later went on to be a photographer in the 30th century, which knowing how photography is really taking off right now as a profession in, in our current technological state, I can imagine in the 31st century, it was just a booming profession. Oh, yeah. No, they got all those places where you can go drop off your film and uh, come back in an hour after you drive through the parking lot and go to the the pharmacy and uh, the the flower store and the card shop and the oh, wait a minute. There's not a place that you can drop off the film. And most pharmacies, card shops in Florida are not existing either <clears throat> in most. I, I mean, I guess in our, my area, they've they've all closed. <laughs> Yeah, so probably maybe not so good. But the first page, we get the protein singing about how the Legion of Substitute Heroes came to be. And we get in one page a summary of a whole bunch of Adventure Comics 306. See, I'm a better editor than the editors right here because I can tell you where this happened. That's awesome. (laughs) And in Adventure Comics 306, we get the debut of Polar Boy, Night Girl, Fire Lad, Chlorophyll Kid, and Stone Boy. Did you, do you know how Polar Boy got his superpowers? No. How? Tell me. Well, more. he lives on the planet Thar, and it's a super hot planet. So the natives yeah. of that planet developed the ability to have super cold. Oh. But when he tried out for the Legion of Superheroes, see, another podcast calls these moments of super dickery. Okay. But the Legion of Substitutes, they're like a club, the superheroes. And Polar Boy tried out, and he was rejected because everybody got cold. Ah, I see. And so esteemed established heroes such as Bouncing Boy rejected Polar Boy because his powers weren't worthy enough. Mm. Yeah. It's too chill. Yeah. It's very that's bad. Not, well, that's not too chill. That's not chill at all. Yeah. We have Night Girl who's from the planet Cthune. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, you know, well, she's called Night Girl because her dad made a super serum for her to have superpowers. Mm-hmm. But on her home world, it's night all the time. Okay. So when she came to Earth, she found out she didn't have super strength in the sunlight. Oh, no. Only at nighttime. Yeah. When Fire Lad, he, like, got into a vat of, of, he breathed in some noxious chemicals and then could spit fire. Ooh. But it's really bad if you can, like, spit fire and you can't control it. That's not good. It's too, too hot. And then... Plant, a plant, I almost called him Plant Lad. <laughs> plant Lad. Diff- Cl- well, that, no, that was a different character different that character. the Legion of Superheroes met in the Super Stalag of Space. But we're not going to get into that adventure today. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, we don't have time. We probably don't have time for all of this right now. But <laughs> Super Stalag of Space, that's all. Anyway, so 
chlorophyll kid, he fell into a vat of chemicals, and mm-hmm. he can accelerate the growth of plants. Oh, okay. That seems like a cool power. I feel like yeah. that one might have been able to make it, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, think about feeding the hungry people that are out there or, like, you know, regenerating rainforests and other stuff like that. That's a good thing, man. That is a superpower yeah, that we need. And then there's Stone Boy. And Stone Boy. He's always stoned? He, yeah, well, no. Oh. It's not Stoned Boy. It's Stone Boy. Oh, okay. But he lives on a planet where they lose the sun for a whole bunches of the year, so they go into hibernation. Yeah. They can turn into stone. Um, his power's awesome because he can just turn into stone. Statue man. Right, kind of, yeah. Statue man. Okay, cool. Statue boy. No, stone boy. St- statue boy. Well, in the Adventure <laughs> Comics 311, yeah. the war between the substitute heroes and the superheroes, uh-huh. yeah, he was actually offered membership because he won a contest. Oh. But he turned it down. Was it a staring contest? Friends. No, no. Oh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but that... That would definitely be one he could win. He's a he. He'd be really good at holding paper down. Yeah. Well, we get to learning about the Legion of Substitute Heroes, and we're doing some study on the Legion of Substitute Heroes, and we've got a familiar-looking senator from the planet of Bismol. Uh huh. Yes, the planet of Bismol. And he's instructing the other senators who are laughing at him about the history of the Legion of Substitute Heroes. And he's even introducing the fact that they have some new members mm-hmm. like Porcupine Pete, oh. who first appear, appeared in Superboy and Legion of Superheroes number 201. OK. And his powers are the porcupine. Guy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a good name. It's yeah. Porcupine. But, he, but when he tried out, he didn't have like any control over where he shot his quills. Ah, uh, so he. Kind of like a porcupine. Yeah. And then there's infectious lass. And Uh, uh, in one of the most, uh, at least sort of pseudo offensive origins ever, she comes from a colony planet where they have different diseases. But when she comes back to the main part, she could infect people with those diseases. It's like reverse America. mm -hmm. I never thought about it till today, actually. And it was like, ooh. I don't like that origin anymore. But anyway, <laughs> uh, she people on her home world hold certain diseases. So she comes back and she can in, she, infect people. But when she first came back, it was a little dangerous because she didn't have really super good control over her powers. Uh, and when she tried out in Superboy and Legion of Superheroes number 201, she made Starboy very sick. Oh, that's not good. No, it wasn't so good. But it looks like that. <laughs> Uh, we're having some issues because our friendly senator, Tenzel Kem, also mm-hmm. used to be a member of the Legion. He was actually a member of the Legion of Superheroes. Uh-huh. And he comes from the planet Bismol, where anyone can eat any form of matter. Oh. Because they had, like, poisonous plants and stuff. So he can eat anything. Yes. But the writers, at some point in the 80s, were like, we really don't want to write stories for Matter Eater Lad. So they had him drafted to the Senate. Oh, okay. On his home world, and he left the Legion. But then he came back, and he ate this thing called the Miracle Machine mm-hmm. and went insane. Oh. Well, it didn't but cause then he got uninsane, and okay. now he's back in the Senate. Oh. Well, see, anything can happen. Right. <laughs> he's, a, he's a success story, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, the, uh, the Bismolians have decided to turn over their economy to a computer system. Uh, we'll call it Bitcoin. 
Okay. Yeah. And so they've tried to make their... It's almost like this story is telling the future, by the way. Right. But it's in the future. Yeah. So it's is it telling future. the past? It could be. It's telling... Like, it's, it's telling talking it. about now, and but. Tenzel Kem is a little bit worried about doing this, but he is, despite his protest, the bill was ingested into law. Uh-huh. They so... Ate the, they ate the bill. Because... Yeah, well, honestly, as incompetent as these guys are, at least they can have a speaker. I see. Yeah. So they can actually pass legislation. As opposed to... Hopefully, by the time this podcast releases, we'll (laughs) also pass legislation in the United States. We'll have one. (laughs) Yeah, it might, but who knows? It'll it'll be amazing. It'll be a miracle. He'll have the miracle. Maybe a miracle machine will be eaten. (laughs) If you look in the background on page three, there's a lot of Easter eggs here. Um, mm-hmm. So down to that bottom quarter panel, did those things in the background look familiar to you? Look like anything? Uh, a little bit, kind of like, like a big computer. Yeah. Well, let's flip the page. Look at page four. Ah. Uh, you know who this is on page four? No. Well, that is the that, that is Wally. the version of Computer the Conqueror. Oh. Remember, he was the guy that destroyed our podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that dude and Matter Eater Lad is like, I don't know. But when I was serving in the Legion of Superheroes as Matter Eater Lad, I had learned to trust my hunches. And deep down, I think we're on the verge of disaster. Maybe he's right. <laughs> a story brought to you by Paul Levitz and Keith Giffen, Carl Kiesel, John Costanza lettering, Carl Gafford colorist. And Karen Berger is the editor. And she says, warning, if you take the Legion of Substitute Heroes seriously, or have never heard of April Fool's Day, you're probably better off not reading this comic book. So I probably should just stop reading now. There we go. That was the podcast, kids. Have yep, a good one. You, Thanks a lot. Got the gonna... noisemaker. I'm good. All right. I also, it also took me 25 minutes to find myself to get to the center of the Oreo chocolate cookie. Oh, did it? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's a long, it's a big puzzle. That's a pretty good, that's a good puzzle then. That means it kept you busy for a while. And it just it goes to show in 1985, we're still trying to figure out which way do you eat these things. Yeah, it's been fair. a mystery. It's been a mystery forever. Well, we turn the page oh. and we have a house ad for a Red Tornado miniseries. And he doesn't look like he's doing so well. No, not at all. Like in pieces. <laughs> and it says Red Tornado finally gets himself together. Oh, OK. Well, that's so the know. jokes are everywhere, right? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Well, now we get a, a turn and we get some Giffen art at its best here. A whole bunch of Kirby crackle mm-hmm. stars in the sky. And it says in a far distant corner of the universe, the solar winds churn a giant star's fiery energy and then a bunch more things. And it says until it comes to life once again, it seems on- ominous. Mm-hmm. It's very dark. Well, now we get back to Earth. And the legions of substitute heroes are considering taking on a mission to Bismol, so they're learning all about it. Yeah, gotta learn about it if you're gonna go there. It's like whenever you go on a trip, you you want to know what your what you know how do the bathrooms work, you know what's the food like, how does the law how are the laws, all that stuff. Well, they do cover a few of those things. I had mentioned <laughs> that Bismol's uh, planet was polluted in in deadly microbes uh, mm-hmm. over generations, so everything's poisonous and. Uh, we've got Chlorophyll Kid, who since his original appearance is in the Silver Age, looks like he's been enjoying the the fruit that he can grow. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Very much so. You are what you eat, right? Yeah. So he's 
he's uh, grown up a little bit. And uh, <laughs> and they also share with us that he's he looks a little stressed because they say to avoid total consumption of their planet's resources, weight control has been legislated and their science police weigh people as they walk by. And can you imagine if we did that now? That would not everybody. Yeah. This book might get canceled. Probably. <laughs> because <laughs> there's a lot. Scene. But it, this book does make little, sense, though. A lot of little things in this book that might might do that. But, you know, we'll get But there. we like, you know, we we try to regulate the use of oil, right? Yeah. yeah. So we don't destroy the planet. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you wouldn't want your planet to be eaten if that was the power. That's true. I mean, yeah, that's true. This is probably one want. of the least offensive things in the book. Yeah. If you put it in the context of the writing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, they also have people there to prevent uh, the occasional people trying to eat the uh, local fruit. And we're getting a phone call. I know, we're getting a phone call. You should answer that. Our podcast is run just as well as the Legion of Substitute Heroes. So I'll definitely not be editing that out. Oh, you're taking the phone call in the middle of the podcast. And one of the most professional stars of the podcast ever, Greg, has now left. Well, good news, as Greg just leaves to take a phone call, kind of like leaving me on my own, like the story just wonders, we do have a picture of Irk, and Irk is looking for the fruit that Chlorophyll Kid drops. And as everybody is trying to get onto the mission, it looks like folks are going to become, it looks like we have a lineup of uh, everybody that's been mentioned before, and they're looking for Color Kid. And then they see Color Kid, and Color Kid, well, was male, and was infected by something and became female. So it's Keith Giffen's probably better attempt at transgender than before, than later on, but that we mentioned in a different episode. But hey, it's least they're not too bad making fun of things, actually trying things. So interesting. So, hey, Greg, you just missed the Greg, you just missed the introduction of our transgender character. And I said maybe a little bit better than last time we talked about Keith Giffing introducing a transgender character. Oh, yeah. Some people might disagree, but I'm always like, you know, the one thing I'll say is at least he tried to introduce some of these concepts in the books. Yeah. Yeah. And for 1985, this is a really good like I mean, that's that's a pretty when you put it in the context of time and stuff like that, that's a that's a it's a huge that's a huge leap forward in yeah. time for this type of thing. So, huge you know, forward time. well, I mean, although this is in time, so it's timeless, but you know what I mean? For yeah. perspective wise, I mean, kids today don't get that concept. Why, why were things so difficult back in the eighties? It's like, they, they, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. <Well>. yeah. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, the, I will say, uh, reading this, I, I I was like, oh, that's a that's a it says, there you go. It's hey, I woke up and this is who I am today. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's it's a great. And, and basically, Color Kid is like, what are you staring at? Like, so even the reactions are sort of realistic to what would happen to somebody in real life sometimes too. So yeah. it's like, okay, I'm this today, and the friends are more concerned about it than they are, which. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is also something that transgendered people face. So fortunately, uh, fortunately, uh, we've gotten to a point in society where that happens a lot less, but it's here. And so I do want to mention it because it is here and some people might see it differently than me. So if you do write us and let us know, but let us know. (laughs) I thought at least they're sort of trying. By the way, did you know that we 
are posting our podcast on YouTube. Oh, no. With video? Yeah. Not with video. Not video. with video. No. Like, because <laughs> you get, you mostly, get <laughs> mostly because you can't afford more than a camera from 1993. Hey, now. I sure but, can. But. Not. Uh, affordable. What we, uh, <laughs> what we find out is that these are there. So if you do want to engage us, you could leave comments on those videos. Of course, you could also leave us a review on Apple or Spotify or anywhere else, too. There you go. I'm really anxious to see all those one star reviews so it's Give us fantastic those one stars uh, i mean if we get one star reviews i would love to read them I would, I would love to read them on the podcast and just be like oh okay cool another one star see review. and and that's your way of thinking and i was about to say if you leave us a five star review we'll read your review on the podcast i i would read them all because i don't think we've gotten any reviews <laughs> greg you are the amazon of podcasting we put it you put it all out there right i'm gonna leave all the reviews up for everybody and i was just thinking man if one of our awesome listeners who tells us how much they like the podcast left us a five-star review we'd read their message and you're like ah we'll just read everybody so you know what no. i feel like you're trying to now get our podcast rated like at a you know average of like a 2.1 so no, no. I, I it's good for marketing to have our <laughs> podcast out there at a 2.1 I think that, yeah, no, I mean, 2.1 is better than a one or a none. I'm not sure about that. I think it's actually worse than a none. Well, anyway, 2.1 is worse than a none. Anyway, we got a new character in the book. (laughs) Okay, who's the new character? Tell me. Gigi Kusamano. She's she is a a a storied science police officer, but she got crossways with her chief and she has to be the temporary liaison to the Legion of Substitute Heroes. I see. See, it's somewhat prestigious to be the liaison to the Legion of Superheroes because uh-huh. they're deputized science police officers, by yes. the way. You didn't know. But to go to the substitute heroes, um, not as much. And she's just very hopeful they don't get called away on a mission. Uh, uh, we already know they're. And then what's more importantly, maybe if she'd bought some real shark's teeth. Yeah. Taken yeah. some self-defense classes or developed an Atlas body. She'd or be got, ready for this assignment. Or got a space robot kit. It's entirely true. I mean, what? Or became a ninja. Here's something. Three mil comic bags, 525 for 100 bags. Like, you can get them for, like, eight bucks or nine bucks now, can't you? I mean, it depends. seems like that, a very good deal. Well, it depends on how fast they're getting to you. Because I know for a while, you couldn't get bags for, like, months. Like, uh, like between 2020 and 2022 like uh, you couldn't fair. get bags and boards for like literally six or seven months so actually my last order i made for a thousand took me like uh eight weeks eight or nine weeks so you lucked out then because i know for a while we were at, we were struggling that's why we just weren't we just were like Ugh. well anyway uh back to the story as i got us distracted well we were in the story we were we were in the yeah we're looking we were at the ads, the ads. Well, we're back to the planet Bismol, and we have uh, new folks to meet. Pepto. Yeah, we meet Eiffel, <laughs> Ethel, and Tusker. Tusker. And Tusker see, do. Eiffel, Ethel. Tusker do. You want to guess what Eiffel, Ethel's powers are? Um, she can see a lot. Yeah, she has a whole bunch of eyes. Yes. Yeah, she was rejected by the Legion of Superheroes in Adventure Comics 330. You're starting to notice a theme. There's a lot of rejecting going on. Yes, they're all rejects. <laughs> And there's Tusker, and Tusker, he has the power to uh, have tusks. So he's a he's a Kevin Smith movie. Okay, got it. 
And he was rejected by the Legion of Superheroes in Adventure Comics 331. And so they're trying to make Why their would reputations. They a guy with a cool haircut like that, though. Well, you see, <laughs> there is something interesting out of these characters. Later on, Jeff Johns did a story. Uh, it maybe sounds like it was written for Trump times, but it was written about 10 years before. Okay. Where the Legion of Superheroes uh, were banned from Earth and they were only letting heroes with powers originating or heroes that were born on Earth, right? Be oh. like the new Justice League, basically, yeah. in the future. Uh-huh. Justice League Earth. So Tusker and Eiffel Ethel, they kind of souped up their powers a little bit and they became part of that. Interesting. So only uh, Earth, or only Earth-born supers, no, no alien superheroes. Yeah. And most of them had been rejected by the Legion of Superheroes previously. Was there any like was there like a waiting period? Could they could they get some kind of some kind of card or something like that saying that they were um, okay if they were born in space and then came? Wow, that was a bad time. Bad time. Bad time. Bad time for superheroes. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, Tusker dude. They were they were led by a guy named uh, Earthman, but his original (laughs) name was Absorbency Boy. Okay. He had the power to absorb the energy residue of any superpower but he was rejected originally because his powers are too limiting because he had to have somebody who had superpowers around him for his powers to work Uh, so they were like if there are superpower people around you might be useful but a thug could just beat you up makes sense makes sense so they rejected him too but anyway oh are you ready yeah i'm ready this guy that looks really familiar on the next page so yeah, like it looks like so Tusker's trying to break in. I thought they're trying to sabotage the computer economy. Mm-hmm. So basically, Tusker is the Sam Bankman Freed of the 30th century. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly they get zapped and right in the middle of all the computers appears Pulsar Stargrave. Boy. You've never heard of Pulsar Stargrave, right? I have not. He's got a cool Does name. He look like somebody you remember. Um... From our L E G I O N days. Oh, oh, he does. He does. Yes, he, he would later be sort of retcon to be. So they imply later on that this guy was the computer tyrants of Kalu. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was also a villain in a few stories, and yeah. uh, his story got sort of like really messed up. Yeah. And eventually, so messed up that the author wouldn't even put his name on the end of the story. What? Oh, wow. Now I need to read it. Yeah, I'll, I'll swing you those later. OK, uh, there, it was some Jim Starlin's shenanigans of all things. Oh, wow. Yeah, he signed <laughs> his name as Steve Apollo later. Well, OK, I want to put his name on the story. That's, that's on the end. But this sort of got mixed in with some other things. But uh, Pulsar Stargrave, they thought it was going to be basically they were originally trying to say he was Brainiac 5's dad. OK. And they got really messed up. Well, you know where a good place for messed up characters is? Where? This story. This story, yes. This story. Yes, because Keith Giffen is grabbing every messed up character and just throwing them at random into the story, which is fantastic. Pulsar lives to rule. So what are you thinking so far, right? We've got I love all the these great... Yeah. Yeah, we've got... You love the build-up. <laughs> it's, got... it's, it's, a, it's a lot of... Um, uh, a lot of exposition <laughs> yes there's a lot of exposition we're in page we've let's see how far are we to the podcast right now we are we are um we are like 45 40, minutes 35 minutes into the podcast and into, we've made it to page 12 
and and I I'm not gonna lie, I want it to end, but. <laughs> <laughs> well i think that some other characters are going to want this to end soon too i can't believe you want this to end though you've learned all about the legion of substitute heroes lots no. of origins no no i i think it's great i i just i mean we're let's let's go let's keep moving let's move on <laughs> oh you want to move on okay well there's a blackout on planet bismol and oh man tenzel kem aka matter reader lad is is terribly afraid Oh, I would be scared, too. But he should know he's recruited the some of the greatest heroes in the galaxy, right? Like the Legion mm-hmm. of Superheroes weren't available because he couldn't get them because, you know, he can't just get them on a hunch, right? And so now something really bad has happened, and the Legion of Substitute Heroes are flying in to fight one of the deadliest villains of all time that the Legion of Superheroes have ever faced, Bolster Stargrave. <sighs> and uh, now we get an introduction to the Planetary Chance Machine. <laughs> And originally, the Planetary Chance, Pati- Chance Machine was once used in an issue in Adventure Comics to choose the Legion of Superheroes leader. Aha. Uh-huh. And it throws a ball at somebody, hits them, and they become the leader. It's a good way to choose something. Yeah. I think you should it's have like a Planetary roulette. Chance Machine at the store. No. Oh, we have What we have is we have a... Um, uh, we have a uh, a machine that you can put a quarter in, and a uh, a bouncy ball will spin down a a giant uh, vortex and, and and wind down to the bottom. And there's no thing at the bottom to stop it. So if you don't have your hands there right at the exact moment that it spits out, you have to chase that that rubber bouncy ball all through the store. And that is a chance machine that I think you should take a chance on. Well, the good news is, as the story starts, we already lose one of the Legion of Substitute Heroes before they even start fighting the villain. Because the planetary <laughs> chance machine knocks out Porcupine Pete after it hits him, chooses him. <laughs> You've been chosen to die. I mean, he's not dead. He's just asleep. <laughs> and then we get Polar Boy just losing his shit. He's like, you've changed into a woman overnight. We have a really important mission. We even have a liaison officer. You don't even know what happened to yourself. And Color Kid is... Sorry, so this is the part that might be problematic to some folks, and mm. I can see why. And then now he's like, we're under attack, and he's like, nobody's showing on any screens, and they find out, and he goes, we're out of what? And we go back to the planet Bismol, and mm. basically now they're talking to the uh, the science police building gets completely blown up. This is like an L-E-G-I-O-N story. Yeah. And the uh, it's almost like the same author wrote it. And so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kaboom! It's gone. Destroy. And now uh, we have Pulsar Stargrave is talking to doesn't look like the president, but anyway, looks like somebody. And he's like, I want control of your planet, command your people and or obey the consequences. And now Tenzel is dressed up in his old school green and yellow matter eater lad outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you didn't read the old comics, you would have no idea why he's running around in his green and yellow outfit. No. But he's like, oh, no, it's Pulsar Stargrave, and I've summoned the subs. Uh, this doesn't, <laughs> doesn't look good. He seems very scared. And then, uh, yeah, they're basically, like, going to give him the planet. So, and then he finds out he's on Bismol. Oh. He's not really happy. So now we get home of the resident science police commander. And they're like, oh, maybe that Tenzel Gem guy was right about these computers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, now he's uh, 
we see Eiffel, Ethel, and, and Tusker again, and they've they're doing menial tasks for Pulsar Stargrave, right as they should. So yeah, fantastic. And we flip the page, and we get the best fight scene in the history of comics. It is pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, biting. There's punching. Yeah, and we do get it. By the way, we get he does. So it's I said said it was rent retconned, but maybe not. Right? It says summons bis, summons to Bismol was necessary. You are not Pulsar Stargrave, great hero of the computer wars of Kolu reborn. So they didn't yeah. say he was the computer tyrant, the computer tyrants of Kolu, but mm-hmm. they do allude to it. So I think it's yeah. easy enough to see. And uh, Pulsar Stargrave is distracted because he's talking to the giant computers. <laughs> and wow. and uh, Tensil Chem jumps up and bites him in the nose Arr. and spits it's it his, out. It's his only chance. <laughs> and Pulsar Stargrave, the big bad baddie he is, is like, enough. This is the final indignity. This planet is doomed. Does he not sound like big time Marvel cosmic villains to me? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, and this is I mean, like, that's a cool page. I like it. <laughs> oh, my God. The art on this page is awesome. First of all, you got Kirby crackle everywhere. Yeah, it's red. He looks like, but he looks all menacing, except yeah. his nose is bitten off. <laughs> so his nose is like, bitten off. The negative space use on, like, the, the face and hands and stuff like that. It's just, like, it just looks cool. It just looks so cool. Yeah, the art here is really cool. I think Keith Githerman would kind of go off crazy, like, with the trencher style later and some of the things. And mm-hmm. I think this is still a phase where he's, I think a lot of the art is really neat. And... And Kiesel's inks here are really working for me, too. Definitely. I mean, it's the two together, right? I think yeah. that worked well. Well, we get to the next page, and Matter Eater Lad, surprisingly, by biting a giant computer body's nose, Mm-mm. doesn't stop him. And he gets zapped by a giant ball of energy, and he's like, uh, yeah. And now we're back to the shuttle. Or now Part we're back two. to the shuttle satellite stop above Bismol. And... He's like, that's the story, team. We can't land to help Battery to Lad because the entire planet of Bismol is blacked out and we're not considered valuable enough to help <laughs> <laughs> enough help to have emergency status. And the title of part two of this book is Here a Hero? Question mark. Question mark. And we get a big discussion between the team and Porcupine Pete has woken back up. So that's oh, he's, he's awake. Yeah. He's not dead. And we find out Infectious Last is infected color kid. <gasps> oh, and it changed his their, their gender. Yeah, it changed their gender. Yeah. yeah. So now he's all annoyed because why do and it seems like he's all annoyed, but he's the leader of the team. So he let the person who can't control their powers onto the team. <laughs> and yeah, it's she's still not controlling her powers very well at all. So there we go. And then we get below for, for, for a person that's supposed to like, you know, be able to like, you know, use the power of cold they're not chill at all no he's quite a hothead actually and yeah no joke uh, i do have an amazing print though by scott koblish with Sunboy and polar boy on it oh that's so, cool not print actually he drew it for me and colored it which oh nice see. yeah so there's that but yeah you know and the poor polar boy i was gonna sort of wait till the end but i think this is as good a time as any i think that giffen used him this way because Levitz wanted Polar Boy to join the Legion of Superheroes very soon after this, and they did. He did end up finally getting to become a member. Mm -hmm. So I also think this is a little bit why this is like his last hurrah with the substitute heroes. So I think I think Giffen used him this way and played with it because he could. Right. This is the last time he could make him sort of a a joke character. And then 
he becomes a member of the team. So, okay, that's good for Polar Boy, right? Yeah, yeah. It sort of does make sense, though. His powers seem to merit being on the team. Like, it's not like, but I don't know. He he just has to control his emotions. Well, there is that. And he may have been bad at that when he was later on the Legion of Superheroes team as well. Oh, problematic. But so they do hold a little bit of this. Well, anyway, we have Pulsar Stargrave throwing a whole scale cosmic villain temper tantrum on the next page. Yeah. A lot of infernal mortals and how dares and you offend me. He's 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 wrecking shop. Tons of Kirby crackle everywhere. It even says crackle. It even (laughs) says crackle and crunch and thump. Yeah, I love it. And Matter Eater Lad's like, I'm in deep trouble. Where are the blazes or the subs? And above Bismol, there must be something we can do to get off the station. And then we get our second memorandum of the book. So Uh always good when you see a lot of memorandums. And it says to Keith Giffen from Paul Levitz. So Keith Giffen is the plotter and artist. And Paul Levitz is the writer. December 18th, 1984, subspecial part two uh, and a copy to Karen Berger, the other editor. And Paul says, enough's enough, Keith. I know we agreed that you would break down the story from rough plot outline, and work out most of the details. After all, you're the one with the sense of humor, but there's no way I can dialogue a story that isn't going anywhere. <laughs> get them the blazes down to the planet Bismol already so we can get on with this issue. And while you're at it, could you leave me some space so I can give some background info on the crew? <laughs> well, good news. We found some pages that we can go through pretty quickly because I did already give you a lot of the background on the crew. Yeah. So this is a page dedicated to Fire Lad. Yeah. But I think the best part is all of a sudden, <laughs> per Paul's request, they just appear on the planet in random places and we have no idea how they got there. They're just there. Boom. <laughs> They're just there. <laughs> so and we find out a little bit about Fire Lad, how he got his powers. And then he's allergic to something there. He sneezes and he starts a giant fire. Oh, no. He's like, oh, no, I did it again. So I guess we know why he didn't make it in Legion of Superheroes. Uh, we then see he's Stone a Boy. Yeah, who <laughs> shares the power of all natives of his world to change his body to stone. Remember, I mentioned that. And yes, yes. and he's just head down into the ground next to a building where he will sit for the rest of the, the rest of the story. And then nearby Stone Boy, we have a fight going on between matter a fight. I don't know. Yeah. Matter Eater Lad running away. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you, would you call it a he, fight? He's, uh, he no Matter Eater Lad is like I'll get out here. <laughs> and he's like ah. And now he's playing a shell game and it looks like he's about to get blasted on page twenty six. By the way, I love mm. this comic because it has page numbers. Oh, page numbers. It's a neat thing that you bring that up. Um, what you don't get in some of the books that I work on, like Starlight, page numbers, you do get them in books that I, the other books that I do work on, like Supernatural Baby Killer, which you probably got in your inbox today. Supernatural so, Baby Killer. Oh, Baby Detective. Oh my gosh, I did it again. <laughs> that would be a very different book. That would be such a, it's such a good title too. So anybody I think there, that's Pulse for Stargrave. <laughs> he's a supernatural baby killer natural baby killer yeah yeah he's he's out there trying to kill those babies no supernatural baby detective has page numbers it's amazing right so yeah well he says to matter eater lad feel no feel what no mortal has human the unfed god the unfettered <laughs> fire of the heart of a star clearly paul levitz couldn't write that section either even though he should have fed <laughs> it up and then he gets hit by a potted plant boom and this guy's like, can I get a good night's sleep? Can that racket? 
And then we get a page that's censored. He says, uh, the remainder of the scene was censored due to poor taste. Karen Berger. So hmm. we don't get to see whatever Pulsar Stargrave does to murder that poor person. Well, and then we poor see person. Color Kid and Color Kid, because we haven't told you yet, appeared hmm. the first time and was rejected by the Legion of Superheroes in Adventure Comics 342. Uh, they noted when they rejected him that his superpower of making everything day glow wasn't useful. Ah. But in the 90s, Dayglow is awesome. Well, he lights up this entire uh, area he's in because it's dark. And then he sees a giant cannon pointing at him. That, oh. Sorry. Yeah. I went back to the original color kit appearance. I apologize. No worries. And so uh, they're looking and they've stumbled into a death trap, they think, which is the Bismol Department of Sanitation Incinerator System. So uh. maybe by the end of the issue, we'll find out if color kid can get out of an incinerator. I hope so. And then we get the next page. We find out about Chlorophyll Kid, who I mentioned fell into a tank of hydroponic fluid. And he can make things grow. Uh, But he randomly lands on one of those scales that they use to keep the planet safe. Yes. And this is the part where I think you thought the book would get canceled today. Not the other one part. (laughs) Because they pick him up and take him away. (laughs) The calorie police. Yeah. It's it's a little shame. Shaming. Yeah. (laughs) And then we get Gigi Cusimano, the probably one competent member of the team, yeah. maybe besides Polar Boy. And she's in the water and she thinks she's going to get out of things. And then a giant fish monster is about to eat her. Oh, no. Terrible. And it says Gigi Cusimano once considered once was considered rising star in the Earth detachment of the science police, but got into a personal dispute with Sunboy of the Legion. And then as penance, she's been assigned to this job. So. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it does work out for her in the end. She does become the chief of police eventually. So, well, that's good to know. <laughs> that's good to know. It does work out. She's not going to die from the giant fish. Ah, whew, good. That's a big fish. Um, and then we see Porcupine Pete, who has appeared in some mud and muck. Mm-hmm. And this says, I thought he was a mutant, but this says his projectiles from his body were cursed by a native American native of the fifth dimension planet of Zrif. So isn't that where like Mitzelplik comes from? I believe so. He kind of has the Mitzelplik face. Yeah. So I thought <laughs> he was just a mutant, but I, I was wrong or it's been retconned a million times, which is also entirely possible. Totally. I mean, as you'd think, as you might imagine, Porcupine Pete is going to become a central figure in all Legion of Superheroes storytelling. Oh. He, I, you know, honestly, I wouldn't doubt if there's a movie coming out or just even a standalone TV show, Porcupine Pete. What if Porcupine Pete teamed up with Squirrel Girl? That'd be pretty cool. Actually, okay, you know who, casting-wise, who we have play Porcupine Pete? Who? Everybody's favorite, current Pete. You know who I'm talking about? No. Pete Davidson. No oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I like it when he got murdered in the opening scene of Suicide Squad. Like, just destroyed. <laughs> straight up like killed dead everybody you said everybody's favorite pete i was trying to think of who everybody's favorite pete would be and and then you said pete davidson who is everybody's least favorite pete i i i know there's so much sarcasm (laughs) sarcasm comes across very well on a radio show i know it does doesn't it 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 i i needed the sound effects everybody's favorite pete you know Um, I don't think that was the right sound effect, but you shouldn't oh, try sorry. anymore. Anyway, okay, Pulsar well. Stargrave hits 
poor porcupine Pete in the head again. We're talking a lot of concussions. And he's yeah, like, oh, man. I've got to use my quills. Take that. And then the quills like shoot out of a hole. <laughs> and then we see Polar Boy in the background. And he was going to. Oh, he's like, oh, I'm too late to help. And he's feeling sorry for himself. He's like, however, we got down here. This is finally our chance to prove ourselves. He's so excited. And my team says they are scattered. The stars know. And then we find out why. Now we find out why Matter Eater Lad was once a member of the Legion of Superheroes because he has tunneled his way. He didn't get squished by that, or he didn't oh. get shot by that flame. He had been chewing his way through the earth like a mole. Oh, I don't know good. why he's spitting out, or, or he must just not be hungry anymore, right? I mean, you can eat so much, and then sometimes the meal's just not what you want anymore. Oh, they told us. That's why. They said everything's poisonous here, so oh, okay. he had to... Yeah, because not the resources. So, oh, it's organic. Oh, so he's been spitting it out the whole time. Oh, OK. Yeah. That makes sense. OK. Yeah. So that's oof. And they're like, why did you cause us? You know, he's like, did Stargrave cause this? He's asking him all these questions. And he's like, I'm scared. And now he's like, polar boy with your powers. We might have a chance. So. Oh, well, that's good to know. <laughs> and then we get above Bismol. Uh, and there's poor Jorah, the infectious lass. She's. She's all alone, like she was on quarantine again, and <laughs> so she's like finding them. And we find out we get a picture of the planet Bismol, and we find out where people are. Fire Lad is at the site of what will be called the Fifty Mile Inferno. Uh huh. <laughs> Color Kid. Then they try to, they try to, and they just say never mind, which I think is the right call here. Yeah, yeah. Carrying yeah. on that joke would have been stupid. So yep. uh, they don't know where Color Kid is. Stone Boy is. Uh. Tentative uh, subject. They they Ten- think they know where Stone Boy is. <laughs> yeah. Officer Kusumano is in a giant ocean practicing survival training. Yeah. This polar boy is still trying. Porcupine Pete is 12 feet underground and climbing, and Chlorophyll Kid is under detention <laughs> by the calorie police. And we get holy crap an advertisement for <laughs> Crisis Number Four. Oh hey. Featuring. And this is how just how different the DC universe was. It was in the 80s, right? Yeah. Ready for who this is featuring? It's Sergeant Rock, yeah. Jonah Hex, yeah. Batman and the Outsiders, wow. Legion of Superheroes, the okay. Teen Titans, uh-huh. Commandy, what? Arion, uh, Firebrand. Uh, Firebrand, you probably haven't heard of, I'm guessing. But Firebrand I, was part of uh, All-Star Squadron. I've heard of the name, but yeah. Uh, the Losers, who were... Uh, part of the uh war books yeah uh green lantern mm-hmm. but not the green lantern you're thinking different green lantern yeah not how so obsidian uh-huh was part of infinity inc superman batlash flash and firestorm uh you know the one thing i'll say i think crisis was a messed up book in a lot of ways hard to follow but yeah. boy did you get like every freaking hero they owned in these books? Everybody. And, and and what's crazy too is like, I mean, just the amount of like, you would not think there'd be that much crossover like of these types of characters. Cause you don't get the, you don't get a lot of these characters in any of these, in anything new now, like, you know, yep. your social oxygen X is your, the losers, um, that kind of stuff. That, well, losers died in crisis, but I think they brought them back. Right. You yeah. did get John Stewart. I think who's the characters we still get, obviously Superman and flash, mm-hmm. uh, John Stewart. Yeah. Um, Legion's not being published. Commandy. Right now. <laughs> Commandy. I love Commandy, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
and then down at the bottom, I'm you've got it's so interesting too because you think of end of an era, right? You get yeah. an advertisement for Sergeant Rock and GI Combat, and and these books are gonna not are gonna end fairly soon after this. And yeah. Sergeant Rock is on issue 402. Wow. And you're gonna get I and and I, I it's it's not that I don't love GI Joe, right? And I know mm-hmm. you, but. These war, these sort of semi-serious war books are going to be replaced basically out and outsold by GI Joe at Marvel. Yeah. Well, and Hasbro it, property. Yeah. I think because they they flip it, they they stop writing for an adult. Like these these books are literally written for more of an adult audience and and people who are like coming out of and going like coming out of war situations and going through their own personal stuff. So yep. it's like you can you, you, people that were dealing with things could read these and, and have uh, a connection to. And then G.I. Joe, literally a, a marketing uh, it, format yeah. to sell toys. <laughs> so um, it's uh, it's definitely a different uh, a total shift in uh, in demographic. So because, yeah, I, you know, what, you also know what the crazy thing is, though. What's that? I know you appreciate the artwork in the early G.I. Joe books. <laughs> That's a Joe Kubert cover on that Sergeant Rock issue. Wow. I mean, look at the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate these the Sergeant Rocks and the G.I. Combats. I, I, I have. I honestly don't. So <laughs> I I like, I appreciate they were never my thing. I shouldn't they, say I don't appreciate them. I appreciate the art of them. Yeah. No, no. The art of them. It's like yeah. there's good art. The stories are good. But I mean, like the overall, you look at it and you're like, wow, they they really do good deep, like the art in it is good detail art. So anyways, moving on to the rest of our amazing story we're covering. Well, I'm I'm just going to say, like, how often does this happen, though? We've got Giffen and Kiesel art and the story on one page, Mm -hmm. George Perez above on a cover and Joe Kubert down below. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what are the odds you ever see this page layout with those? I mean, yeah, that's true. That's, that's insanity. Uh, we get a we get an advertisement for Battle Droids. What tabletop RPG? <laughs> yeah, it's like Mech Warrior. I mean, Battle Droids. Yeah. I mean, Mech yeah. I'm Battle Droids. <laughs> battle Droids. I'm, what's what's wild? Like, is I I had a couple of the um, maps and rule rule sets for this when i was younger and i didn't understand any of this because like i think i got a garage sale or something like that and i i so wanted to play this but nobody i knew was into this and then i get into like you know like high school and meet people that are into this and then you end up getting kicked out of the library because you're too loud and then you end up in some dude's basement and their parents are like get out of here you're too loud and then they kick you out of sherry's because you're too loud and then you know you stop playing and then all of a sudden you end up in college and then you're like i got my own place and all my friends can come over and hang out with me playing are you talking about pi yeah (laughs) the movie yeah that's a good movie no forget about it the thing you get at sherry's Yes, yes, okay. yes. There's always pie. I haven't had dessert in a while, so I got wow. a little bit distracted in your store. I haven't had dessert in like a month. Oh, my gosh. You should treat yourself to some dessert. We have it's to your... clear that with our friend, the jujitsu lawyer. OK, well, you talk to Paul and see what Paul says you can eat. And... I think you should clear that for me. Go ahead. And I <laughs> make it right now. Uh, yes, I'll send him a message and be like, what can Dan eat for he wants a dessert? 
But and by the way, if you do want to get in shape, because yeah, not eating pie and working out with with the jujitsu lawyer Paul has helped me already lose 11 pounds. And so that's if you want to learn to fight and grapple or get in shape, you could reach out to Paul, the jujitsu lawyer at Certified Martial Arts in and University shit. Place slash Tacoma, Washington. Yeah. Because the summer, summer months are over, the winter months are on, and we're not doing anything but sitting around on couches and eating, eating, eating. Well, that's what some people are doing. I'm I'm trying to not do that. But, you know. <laughs> well, anyway, we get to the next page, and uh, ah! Stargrave is storming around, going, this ah! is humiliating. Uh, to have been recalled to life in this mechanical form on this of all planets, perhaps I should simply de and then depart and then he screams animal horns. Ah! And it looks like Tusker has decided he's going to be a hero with his indestructible tusks. Wow. He and he's like, I've got him, Ethel. I'll just retract these. And Stargrave just says, fascinating. This world continues to disgust me. And he's like, oh, no, they won't retract. <laughs> and he uses the power of the star or whatever to <sighs> yeah, absolutely destroy them. So now we've got a Tusker without tusks, and it looks like Eiffel Ethel was knocked out. And he just says, he looks up and he says, I'm sorry, mommy. And then we have a giant frozen Pulsar Stargrave. Whoa. Whoa. And uh, Polar Boy jumps out of the background, and he's like, an absolute zero, not even his molecules can move. And uh, then we get a crash, Kirby crackle, polar boy on the ground saying, oh, no. And Stargrave once again, posturing. I'm mm -hmm. tired and insulted by this day. I did not ask to return in this foolish body on this foolish planet or to be humiliated by being attacked by mortals. If I must destroy this planet utterly to be free, I and polar boys like I and then crash, crash. And now you're going to see why Stone Boy was once offered membership into Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> because you see, we get a news report to wrap up our story. Brief and now reporting the conclusion of this evening's lead story, Gokul Wep of the Bismol News Service. Stargrave is defeated, as Doxit reported, and for one on-the-site coverage, we bring you, or for on-the-site coverage, we bring you Instiholo. Of the conquering hero, Stone Boy. So we just see Stone Boy with his head all the way into the ground and his body up because he hasn't transformed back <laughs> at all. No, not at all. He's still Stone Boy. And it says Senator Tenzel Kem summoned the substitute heroes and Stone Boy gave us saves us from Stargrave. And basically what we see is Tenzel found Stone Boy and after <laughs> Polar Boy froze him, Tenzel Kem pushed him off a building and he split Pulsar Stargrave in half. <laughs> Just boop, right down the middle, like a right. hot knife through butter. Because his circuits were weakened from being frozen to absolute zero. I mean, it doesn't uh, make sense. Yeah, yeah it's, it's science, man. Science. And the newscaster says, and normal life has on Bismol has returned. Happy evening and happy eating from Gokul <laughs> Web. And now a message from our sponsor. And we get a... Awesome looking pet that I would love to have eating his Glork mix. <laughs> Glork. The food your pet will love. Yeah. And that's the end. So we wrap this thing up pretty quickly. I don't think there's an epilogue here or anything. Oh, wait, no. there is. Oh, Hold up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. 
So we get an ad for the DC Heroes role-playing game by Mayfair. Fantastic. Nice. Yep. Have a bunch of those, too. I have both Legion source books. I know that's going to shock you. <laughs> we get another ad for Warlord Toys. I feel like these keep popping up. Yeah, they're big. You can get them at Kmart, the savings place. Yeah, it sounds so weird that, like, it's so weird that the Warlord Toys came out so long into the run of Warlord, too. Well, you know, they're like, oh, hey, people want to buy these toys. Let's make them. Yeah, didn't <laughs> Conan come out? In. What, what yeah. year did the Conan movie happen? Uh, 83? Is it that late? It's like 83, 84. Okay, well, then that would this would make perfect sense. It makes sense. Yeah, that movie comes out. The, yeah, they're like, oh, hey, we should do this. I thought it came out long before that. Uh, I, I want to say like it was like there was a eighty two. You're, you're, you're right, eighty two. So it makes sense. So DC's tra- shock of shocks copyright nineteen eighty two. So yeah, they. I mean, because well, Mike Grell though this book was out a few couple years before. Yeah, because this was Mike Grell's universe that he had <laughs> at DC. So well, anyway, <laughs> okay, good call. <laughs> so they. <laughs> They copyrighted these since they had the Warlord franchise and put them out to capitalize on Conan the Barbarian. Makes total sense. Makes sense. Uh, Well, anyway, now we get the protein is back and he says, so our story ends and we get very similar to the other book we got. Yeah. We we find out what's happened to everybody. So it's almost like this is a trope for the specials that he writes. So (laughs) are they plots? Uh, So Fire Lad was arrested for arson. Chlorophyll Kid is jogging. Mm hmm. Color Kid says, hey, I'm a guy again. So, okay. Infectious, okay. so the, the infectious last <laughs> infection wore off. Yeah. But he's still stuck in the incinerator. Yeah. Uh, infection last is wondering where every, if everything worked out. So can't, I've obviously can't read a news holo. Uh, <laughs> officer Kusamano, expunged from the record of an otherwise honorable officer so that's now we know how she made it to chief later because zendak just wiped this mission from her yeah wiped porcupine pete is still crawling up to the surface yeah stone boy is the winner of the bismal hero uh, heroes medal and polar boy says maybe the substitute heroes wasn't such a good idea after all (laughs) and so and like i said you know uh walking away he will be joining the Legion of Superheroes soon after this. So he'll walk into an open tryout and they will accept him, even though he's over the age of 18, which usually disqualifies you from joining the Legion of, Sub- of Superheroes because you're supposed to be a teenage, you know, a yeah. teenager. But he gets to join anyway, because basically, I think as a reward for going all this. So Karen Berger says at the end, but seriously, folks, the real Legion comic is nothing like this. It's just that every now and then I lose control of Keith and Paul, you know, and they get get loose. Uh, <laughs> if you think this was strange, you should see what they've done to my office. That is, if I can get them down off the ceiling. I'm sorry, everyone. Really, I am. <laughs> the end. And oh, it's not the end, though, because <laughs> oh. <laughs> we get the Substitute Heroes Clubhouse Blueprint. And I will say one thing. Keith Giffen has drawn some amazing blueprints. And I would say every few years, this this is sort of something you would not ever get if you didn't read the Legion books. But every few years, you'd get an artist laying out a Legion headquarters would be blown up or you'd get a new writing team. And they would always at the back of the book give you these cool layouts of what the headquarters look like and what everything on the inside was. Yeah. And in this case, we get the substitute version, which is pointing out the title 
the roof, the fins, the walls, the front, the sign, the vent, the ground. Oop. So, I, okay. And Paul Levitz writes a nice, uh, Paul, Re- Paul Levitz also, you know, I didn't, I did do research, but I didn't have to do a lot because Paul Levitz actually writes a whole like history here. This is one of the oh, things yeah. I love that they used to do in comics before you had the internet. Uh, they'd give you a whole download for you. <laughs> right. Cause if it's you like didn't a know Wikipedia who these characters, page. yeah. If you didn't know who these characters were, Paul Levitz lets you know, they were introduced in adventure 306, um, kind of gives you the background. And the other cool part about this is Paul Levitz read a lot of the <laughs> early Legion stuff, which is why he wanted to write Legion, uh, mm-hmm. to begin with. So, you know, like a lot of DC fans, uh, Legion and adventure comics was one of the gateway drugs, right? Hey, yeah. these are teenagers, uh, and so, you know, you've Keith Giffen, uh, uh, well, Jim Shooter, we've mentioned, right. Wrote the Legion yeah. books, uh, totally blanking on, I don't know why I'm having one of those senior Uh-oh. moments at the time. Carrie Bates um, yeah. also broke in writing Legion. So maybe didn't go as far in his career as Levitz and, and Shooter, but still a big contributor to comics mm-hmm. and a lot of, there's a lot of fans that that grew up loving legion including folks like gail simone and oh yeah you know all sorts of folks so it's just an interesting it's an interesting fandom um and it's really i think part of the interesting fandom too was the fact that the stories were kind of mixed up into different books and you had to kind of paw claw and finding uh colleen doran yeah huge legion fan so and got to draw legion books so and now look what she does now. I mean, she kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's like you got some heavy hitters here that were huge Legion fans. Right. And so anyway, I these I think these were the types of pieces without me going on and on about it. These were the types of pieces that helped that fandom. And Legion has some long running uh, fanzines and uh, IPAs. IPAs. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> long term beers. Yeah, what is wrong with my, you, you know, the fanzines, drilled, but you know, yeah, APAs, sorry, APAs, APAs. yeah, APAs, IPAs, it's all not IPAs, very, no, very different. Sometimes when you're, when you're going through that APAs, you're drinking an IPA. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this, this might've helped with a few shots, right? Like might've helped the book. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoyed it. If you, I like, like we were discussing over dinner the other night, like, uh, if you have if you have legion books you want to shoot my way because you think i you got you got some stuff i i would be open to checking some stuff out uh as reading this and just some of the other stuff that that we've read i i enjoy it i i find them fun i find i found this like a joking aside through your review of the book i did enjoy the story i enjoyed the book i had a, a it was the the characters were fun the art was freaking amazing <laughs> like every page was like every time something was happening something was happening you know yeah and i think some of the even better art is when uh giffen is i mean gosh carl kiesel is gonna murder me if he hears this because i've sent him mess i sent him a message when i read impossible jones saying it was uh-huh. either the book was either cheesy or campy and uh-huh. he wrote a back different <laughs> phrasing to me he's like i appreciate that dan but how about this? You know, like, and then uh, here I am saying Larry Maldashat might have been a better inker for Keith Giffen, right? Yeah. After you talked about how great the art is here, 
Um, but that may be true too. I think sometimes you see some even, you know, better, uh, better, maybe even a better art combo, which is amazing because I don't want this to be a slight to Carl Kiesel, right? This was really great, but I think some of the other arts even better, uh, the combination. And I do like this too, uh, you know, Giffen point or Levitz points out in this that, Hey, this is supposed to be tongue in cheek. It's a fun book. You'll see Pulsar Star Grave again, which we really actually don't. He never <laughs> brings him back. Uh, which I Levitz writes the book for like four years and never brings him back. And we don't really see Pulsar Star Grave again until L E G I O N. And then later he becomes part of the Lar Fleas series, uh-huh. of all things, uh, uh-huh. on the Hoarder Hoarder Green Lanterns planet, right? Or Hoarder Orange Lantern, I should say, okay. planet. Uh, and if you you would have dug that stuff too. I don't think you've read any of it, but it's when uh, they had all the different lanterns and they gave the orange lantern of avarice, his own book and Pulsar Stargrave is like his servant basically, which is oh, kind of wow. funny. Uh, so, <laughs> but I love this line. I was kind of alluding to this. This one doesn't mention Jim Starlin and I, I may have mixed up books a little bit, but I thought Jim Starlin was at the end of the Pulsar Stargrave thing, but this says Pulsar Stargrave was Jim Shooter's last contribution to the Legion some nine years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Hmm, the editor, they're making fun of a character created by the editor of Marvel Comics. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> Contribution Legion some nine years ago, but his resolution of his story handled by Jerry Conway and myself, some of the elements of his origins got, shall we say, muddled. <laughs> uh, we're still not sure what Pulsar Stargrave's real story is because you sure can't take anything that happened between these two covers as gospel and rest assured he'll be back to Menace Legion again which he never was. Uh, he would be a, he's, he would be fun to, to, to see do things yeah, to, it, he, his character would be fun to watch in other stories. Well, and I think that, that, you know, he's funny also too. He says, don't take the thing between these two covers as gospel. Cause they're about to have polar boy join the Legion. Right. As he walks yeah. away at the end, he does his Spider-Man walk away at the end of the story. Like uh, right. I'm done with this. And he really actually was, he actually goes on to do other stuff. And I think the other funny part was here, the one thing that was true, uh, we saw that Giffen took the basic body of the character and put him into L-A-G-I-O-N and actually made him the computer tyrants of Kool-Aid, yeah. right? Yeah. So I did think that was funny. Like, there's actually more here that's gospel than other things. And the other thing they didn't do is you saw at the beginning, Night Girl, who I mentioned at the beginning, she wasn't in the story at all. Mm-hmm. And the reason she wasn't in the story at all is because they didn't want to tarnish her or link her to the story in any way. OK, Fair. because they're going to use the character. Uh, there's a Cosmic Boy miniseries in Legends uh-huh. and Cosmic Boy and Night Girl go back to what is it? 1986. Right. And they're part of that storyline. So they knew that was coming up. So they didn't want to didn't want link it. the character right Got it. to the other. But she's there, she's there at the beginning, and then you never hear about her again. Oh, right? okay. She's like Fair. in the first, very first panel. Yeah. I could go on about this for hours, so I probably should stop. But I hope <laughs> you had fun. Listeners, I hope, you know what? I know a lot of our listeners, you love it when I am sad. When I am reading things that make me feel terrible. <laughs> We've gotten a lot of great feedback about that, and I appreciate this. But maybe, just maybe... Maybe you could love it when I had a whole podcast where I was just happy. (laughs) I know this is the happiest you've been through. I mean, the last like several episodes uh, now, like not several, but several prior episodes. You were 
you were very unhappy, Dan. And this one, you were, man, just super bubbly, happy, Dan. Oh, this is great. And even, you know, we even actually, I said we were stopping, but we missed the last two pages. We have one more best books of 1984. Okay. Ad, because really they're pushing that because they're super excited that Swamp Thing uh-huh, is yeah. ranked number one. Yeah. And we get a DC checklist. So what came out at this time? So we're at crisis number four. Uh-huh. Justice League of America 240, a J- JLA casebook special. Uh-huh. And that must be getting to Justice League Detroit, right? We must be there because they're going to kill off everybody in a couple years before Legends, right? Yeah. Uh, DC Comics presents Superman joins Batman and the Outsiders. That's mm. hella fun. Atari Force 19. Cool. Tales of the Teen Titans, which was the reprint. I don't know if that's the reprint book or not at that point. Hmm. I think that's still the original. I think we're getting into uh, the Nightwing first appearance. The Nightwing. Yeah. Time time frame. Vigilante 19. Yeah. No, that's Ash. That's got to be the reprint book, right? Because Vigilante wouldn't have been out before that, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm going to mess this up. Titans fans, let us know where have I messed this up. Dead Man number three. You know, they had a Dead Man miniseries. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> that one, by the way. Pretty amazing. OK, so. All right, I I will get I'll get away from this now, but yeah, it's this was fun. Yeah, it was a good episode. Good time time for comics, and like I said, I love this. So I love this cheesy stuff. I can go back and talk about the Silver Age forever because it's fun. See, I've got my Legion of (laughs) Heroes archive right in my hands. So Greg's like Dan, enough. (laughs) So Greg, you better take us out of here, or I'm going to be the one that keeps talking today. So all right, everybody, thanks a lot for joining us today for Funny Book Forensics. Uh, If you want. Go and find us on, uh, man, I'm going to mess up the social medias because I don't do the social medias. You do, Well, man. you can find us on Facebook, <laughs> on Facebooks, <laughs> on Instagrams, and you can also find us on HollowX. HollowX. <laughs> Just look up Funny Book Forensics or Funny Book 4N6. There you go. Depending on the platform you're looking. You can also find Greg at GK Wordsmith. On the Facebook or that, or amazing, that amazing Twit. Or that amazing Twit on yeah. Twitter and Facebook. And you can find me at the very complicated name, Dan Shabbat on Facebook or X. <gasps> and that's it. We're done. Yeah, that's it. Nothing to pitch, nothing to, nothing to push. Well, you better have stuff to pitch soon, but otherwise we're done right now. And I'm going to go back in the time bubble. In the time bubble and come up with something for the next fun episode of Funny Book Forensics. Oh, gosh. We do need to go one more minute. What are we doing next episode? What are we episode? doing? I, that you're going to have to find out for us unless we do what was presented to us. No, 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 We do have, you know, there is there is the uh, we can review. Um, did you yeah, get the your, episode was over? Amazing. The what? <laughs> did you get your did you get your the the um, our uh, our why can I think of the dog? The dog book, our dog book, our dog book. The, the, the book. Uh, I, I may have that. So, yeah, let me okay. check before we get yeah. to that. Yeah. But I know okay. that we have a few books that Our we dog books. there's there, well there's 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 four books the that Gnort we could review special. the Gnort special uh, so come back to check out what we got with the Gnort special where we do nothing but uh, an episode of Gnort, Gnort. so good night all the time good night and Gnort <laughs> good night and Gnort.